the I didn't realize you liked me that way deal. Because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Hello and welcome to the Pat Oni Show right here on Mojo Five O. I'm your host, Pat Oni. Thank you for joining me today. And uh, it, it, once again, been another long week. Uh, work's been crazy. Um, I have a cold, so if I sound a little bit more manly than usual, maybe a little congested, you know, I, I apologize. You know, my voice does seem to be a bit deeper than it usually is, and um, uh, for all the wrong reasons too. So uh, yeah. Anyway, enough of that. So. Um, got a lot to cover today. There is actually a ton, and um, again, you know, that just having that hour show, I don't know if I'll get to it all, but I'm going to try. Uh, I do want to start off by saying this, though. Uh, Big Sarge, um, as many of you know, uh, left Mojo Five O earlier this week. Uh, he gave a, a really fond farewell, and uh, uh, I truly wish him the best of luck in, in all of his endeavors. I mean, he had his reasons for leaving. Um, and, uh, I, I really do wish him all the best. He is, uh, really one of a kind. Uh, he is a, a more modern talent in the radio industry. And I've, I've really enjoyed working with him, listening to his show and I will continue to follow him. Um, he, he really does put on a very, very good show. Um, and he will be sorely, sorely missed here at Mojo 5 And I, I can't, I can't think of him enough for everything that he's done for all of us. And, uh, uh, I will be following you, Big Sarge, if you're listening, um, with with great interest. Um, anyway, um, also want to start off by just saying, if you haven't, go to lovemytummy.com. You know, no, nobody likes to, to feel indigestion and to feel bloated all the time. And if that's the case, you need to go to lovemytummy.com slash mojo. Use that promo code mojo and you'll get... Three month supply of Entron Teal, or as I like to say, Entron Teal, with a little bit of a French accent there. Um, use that promo code Mojo. You get a three month supply uh, for just 99 bucks. And for those of you that don't know what Entron Teal does, it basically just helps you feel less bloated, uh, af- especially after eating. Uh, helps all that get rid of all that methane gas that's in your stomach that's not supposed to be there. Pushes all that uh, bacteria back down into your intestine where it's supposed to be, uh, where it's not supposed to be in your stomach. And all in all, you just you feel better. You really do. So that's lovemytummy.com slash mojo. And the promo code is mojo. One more time, lovemytummy.com slash mojo. And the promo code is mojo. Well, I got to say, so there, there's a lot to talk about this week, and um, the story I actually want to start off with, I again, I, I don't know how this happens. I have no idea how 
this happens. But Virginia Jackal has done it yet again. It's it's like she's, you know, I know she's not my only listener, but she kind of is sometimes. At least sometimes is what it feels like, you know, because we we interact with each other so much during the week. Um, But I I know, I I have other listeners out there, Zig, uh, uh, Mojo Groupie. I mean, there's there's, there's a lot of you out there that I, I really enjoy talking with and um, but uh, Virginia Jackhole just keeps sending me content and keeps giving me ideas, and I, I truly do appreciate it. And she actually started off by sending a, a tweet earlier this week, um, and, and I'm sure many of you have probably seen it, maybe heard about it. Uh, it it's where this kid is uh, being arrested by some cops because he threatened to go shoot up his school and kill at least seven people. Um, and, and it's very, very interesting because... This even caused a bit of a debate between my wife and myself. Now, ultimately, I will say this. My wife and I agree the cops did the right thing here. Um, you know, they, they went, they investigated it, they, they arrested this kid. And in fear of not knowing um, what he was actually going to do and if he would actually carry out his threat. So, um, you know... I, I get it. You know, someone makes a threat like this, especially nowadays, it's not okay. It's not okay. It, it, it at least warrants an investigation. Um, they did treat him as a hostile, and they arrested him, and he's going to be treated uh, in, in juvenile court. But I want to play some of the audio um, because this is very, very interesting, and, and I would love to hear everyone's thoughts on this because this is uh, this is this is becoming more and more of a thing and i'll get to like as i play this i'll kind of get to why my wife and i got into a bit of a discussion over this but let's start off by playing just a little bit here he's under arrest currently for making a threat to cause a mass shooting slash act of terror to cause a mass shooting yes he made a statement a threat a written threat to plan or to carry out a mass shooting but he's just a little kid playing a video game. And all that's these kids so keep far. getting arrested. And that's why the FBI and the local law enforcement are spending so much time. Because how do we know he's not going to be the kid from Parkland? He's not going to be the next kid, the kid that shot up Sandy. Look, we don't know that. So, so what's going on here is that he, he, he makes a threat to basically take his dad's M15 and go and kill at least seven people. It was a written statement. Um, and the cops come and they're, they're arresting him because they have no idea if he's going to be someone like the next Parkland or the next Sandy Hook. They have no idea. And so they're treating him as a hostile. Uh, they're treating this as a act of violence or an act of terror as they, as they put it. And, um, mom is here and, and, and probably as she should be. Um, defending her son, even though I, I, I do believe she's in the wrong. Um, her son is clearly old enough to know better. Um, so I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with mom's stance, but I do agree with what mom is doing. Um, there's a difference. I mean, it, you, you always want to be able to, to, to say that you, you've defended your kid. And right now she doesn't believe that her kid has done anything wrong. Um, so I mean, he has, but, but she, you know, 
it could have been taken out of context in her mind. You know, she doesn't want to believe that this could be her son making these statements. And here's the thing. What parent does? Who wants to believe that their kid is actually capable of making such a threat? Who wants to believe that? I know if it were my kid, I wouldn't want to believe it. But if my kid did, I would also be saying, you got to live with the consequences of your actions. Anyway, let's play a little bit more. They say stuff like that all the time. It yes. is a joke to them. It's a game. Guess what, it's so guess what wrong. My, my time in law enforcement game. is spent doing uh-huh. is arresting these kids for making these statements all the time and for stopping acts too as well. Okay. So that's what our job is, is to make contact because these kids think it is a game or a joke. So they uh-huh. go ahead and make these comments. Uh-huh. But it's just a comment. So how is there an there's arrest? A, there's a floor state. Okay, so so mom is saying, it's just a comment. How is that a threat? The fact of the matter is, the police don't know. They don't know if it's a threat or a comment. They don't know. They have to treat it the same way because they don't know. I mean, with today's day and age, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I do believe that they are in the right here, but, but in this day and age... We have to understand that, especially when you're on things like social media or you're doing something like online gaming, a lot of these things are very, very public. So making statements like this in a public setting in this day and age when we've had you know some mass shootings, especially with kids being involved, how do we know that they are not serious when they make comments like this? How do we know that they're just making a joke and that they're playing a game. You see, in reality, I agree with this officer. Making jokes like that, especially after you have something like Parkland or Sandy Hook or Las Vegas or whatever shooting you want, it's no longer a game. It's no longer funny. It's real. And, And to make comments like that in a joking manner, I mean... It shows a level of, it definitely shows a level of immaturity, but it also makes me wonder what, what has he been taught at home? What's home life like? Um, because, you know, I grew up, I played video games, I'll be honest. I played first person shooter, I played Halo, I played, you know, you know name it. Um, I've probably played it at some point or another. But I also always knew and because I was taught this, that it's a game, it's a video game, it's not real. And the things that we see in those video games, we should all be praying to God that they don't become real. Seriously. Uh, guns are very, very dangerous. They are not to be treated as toys. Um, that was something that I was taught. And so when I, were, when I was playing games like this, I was taught to understand the difference between virtual reality and reality. And it seems, and there's been studies of this, that a lot of kids, especially kids with mental illness these days, don't understand the difference between the two. And then things become very confusing and convoluted and you know, then you end up with something like Parkland or Sandy Hook. That's what's going on here. That's why this is being treated 
as the threat that it is. But here, let's play a little bit more. State statute says you cannot make a written threat to cause a mass shooting act or kill or harm anybody else. Uh -huh. Legislature has chosen to well, do that. Well, he didn't cause or yes. act or yes. do yes. anything, though. He made the statement, too. It's a written statement. It's a written statement. It's a written threat to kill or to make a mass shooting or act of terror. So if I get on there and say I pledge ISIS and I'm going to blow everybody up, that's the same charge as, you know what, man, I'm fed up. I'm going to go to school tomorrow and shoot up my school. So he'll be going to DJJ. What's that? The juvenile jail. He'll be placed in there for uh, several days. And we're going to go from there. The charge is a felony. Um, it might be a second or third degree. I have to double check because a written threat to harm somebody is a third degree felony. Second degree is when you involve a mass shooting in a school or an act of terror. He's a little boy. He didn't do anything wrong. Yes, he's 15, but he's still a little boy and he's not one of the crazy people out there doing stuff. Okay, what he did. Okay. So mom, mom loses it here. And, and I understand. I understand she's just trying to protect her son. I get it. However, what he did is wrong. And he needs to be held accountable. He is old enough to know better. At least he should be old enough to know better. He should know better. He should have been taught these things already. By the age of 15, he should know <laughs> that, that making comments like this are not funny. It's not a joke. They're taken very, very seriously nowadays. See, the police, they don't know the context of the comment that he made. They don't know. And because they don't know, they have to treat it this way because they don't want another mass shooting at a school. They don't want to have this on their watch. They don't want to have that. I get it. And so it's like, it's like if, if uh, you know... Somebody nowadays is like, like he was saying, you know, is pledging to ISIS and they want to blow stuff up. Well, how do you treat that? You investigate. They have every right to investigate. They have every right to go and question the person that, that, that that's made those comments. Um, they have a right to, you know, in my opinion, to at least hold them um, while they investigate. And maybe even arrest them in certain cases as it warrants it. Because they don't know, and they don't want these threats to be carried out. They don't know that this what this kid's intentions are. They don't know if he was just making some stupid comment, or if he's actually being serious. And mom's sitting there saying, well, he's just a little boy. He's just a little boy. Well, mom, I'm sorry. But a 15-year-old boy... He's not a little boy anymore. He's not. This would be very different if he were, I don't know, eight years old. But he's 15. He's almost old enough to drive. At this point, you know, when I was 15, I knew how to use a gun. I absolutely knew how to use a gun. In fact, at age 15, I was playing paintball. You know, I know it's not, not, not the same. But I, I, you know, I learned that you don't point a gun at someone. You don't, you don't put someone in that kind of harm's way. The only time you should ever point, at least this is what I was taught, the only time you should ever point a firearm at someone is in self-defense. And in that self-defense, you better be ready to use it. That's what I was taught. 
Um, this is not something that should be, ever be taken lightly. Ever. And mom is sitting here, just has lost it. And I get it. I do. She wants to protect her son. And she should. I don't think mom's re- truly doing anything wrong here. The only thing that she's doing wrong, at least in this moment, is that she's not coming to grips with that her son did something very, very wrong. And that there actually could be, possibly be, something very, very wrong with her son. And it may not even be her fault. It may not be. Now, I, I don't know. We From this video... We don't know the whole story. We may never know the whole story behind this. What we do know is that this kid made some comments that were taken very seriously, and he was arrested for it because they don't know what his intentions are. They don't, I mean, for all I know, this kid could have a mental illness. It could be very possible. I don't know. Um, This kid also could just be full of hate. And just wants to take out some frustration. I, I don't know at the end of the day. And, and I don't think these officers wanted to give other people the chance to find out what was going to happen next. That's why they're doing what they're doing. However, and this is where my wife and I had a conversation. Um, and... And what I presented is I I played a little devil's advocate with her and with myself over this because I like to do that sometimes. I like to just try to look at this from different angles to see, like, well, are the police wrong here? Does this create a slippery slope? And maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't, but maybe it does. I, I wonder, at the end of the day, what kind of precedent does this set? Now... The police here, in this case, they had evidence. You know, this kid had a written statement. They took it seriously. And they they came and they arrested him. Because they didn't know what his intentions are. But where I take issue with this, or, or where I could see issue with this, rather, in the future, is what if this was all taken out of context? Now, I don't know what context that could be. I don't know how you could get different context than, than what, they, what they've already interpreted. I, I, I don't know how you can come to that conclusion. But I kept thinking about to Doc Thompson's, um, you know, you can't say fire in a movie theater. Um, and, you know, my thing is, like, well, context matters. You know, how, how, how did I use the term fire in a movie theater? I, I could see that argument. And so I don't know if, if by some slim chance that this kid could have been taken out of context here. And so where I got to question this was, is what kind of precedent does this set? Is this, so like if I went out tomorrow and I bought a firearm, and someone saw me with that firearm, and they didn't like the idea that I had that firearm and thought maybe I look dangerous to them. You know, maybe, maybe that's, that's how they interpret it. They, they don't know that I'm going to do anything. I haven't done anything as, as of that point. The only thing I've done is buy a firearm. That's it. 
That's all they know. But then they go and they report it to police and say, hey, I think this guy's going to be dangerous. I think he's going to do something um, violent or, or whatever the case may be. And the police show up at my door and they arrest me. How is that okay? They don't have evidence for that. But do you see what I mean? What what kind of precedence does this set? How is this going to be used by government officials later? You know, can they, as they see fit, if they suspect someone uh, is, is going to commit an act of violence, are they going to be able to act and just make the arrest preemptively? I mean, no decision has been made to do anything. So... How do they know what my intent is? See, I, I kind of got to thinking about Minority Report. Have you ever seen the movie Minority Report where they they, they see the future of the intent of, of all these criminals out there or are going to potentially commit a, a, a violent crime and they go on and they arrest that person before they can actually commit the crime? I mean... Everybody has a choice at the end of the day. This kid also had a choice at the end of the day. Now, again, the police have every right to investigate. And and juvenile court will decide what is to be done here. But what precedence does this set? What happens with the idea or the philosophy of innocent until proven guilty. No, I do. I, I think that this kid, I think he's guilty. At least of doing something very, very stupid. He's not guilty of committing an act of violence. He's committed of saying something very, very stupid. And he may get probation. He may have to serve some time in juvie for it. But I hope he learns his lesson. I really do. I really, really do. But that's where the that's the my concern is what kind of precedence will this set in the future? Are we headed for something like a minority report? Because how do you know what my intentions are? How do you know that I'm guilty? What evidence do you have? You don't. And that's why I think a case like this, even though I agree with the police officers here, I think it's a very, very dangerous and slippery slope. And and that's the conversation my wife and I had. And, you know, she brought up the point like, well, you know, like the case you're presenting is very different than this one. And she's right. It is very, very different. I'll give her that. But my, my question still remains, where does this take us in the future? How do we treat these cases? Do we treat everybody as hostile? Are they innocent until proven guilty, or are we going guilty until proven innocent? Because that's what it looks like at the end of the day. Anyway, I uh, need to tell you a little bit about Patriot Mobile. Now, Patriot Mobile, as you know, they're very, very pro-Second Amendment. 
they are very pro uh, board of security and they are anti-Planned Parenthood. Whereas a lot of big mobile companies are the exact opposite. The exact opposite. And they're using your money to donate to those causes. They are. And if you don't like your money going to those causes, then it's time, it's time to get out of big mobile. And it's easy to switch. In fact, it's so easy that you'll, you, you'll even save money, you'll have the same super reliable nationwide service, and feel good about funding agendas that you believe in. With unlimited plans starting as low as 25 bucks a month, uh, you get a free month of service. And you get to support the values that you want. So, if you switch, use that promo code COMMONOVER. Go to PatriotMobile.com. Use that promo code COMMONOVER. Get the first month of service for free on all new lines. So, PatriotMobile.com. Use that promo code COMMONOVER. You're listening to The Pattern Show right here on Mojo50. Tweet at me at The Pattern Show. Use that hashtag, Stand with Mrs. Pat. You can also find me over on the Facebook and the MeWe and Instagram. And uh, we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back to the Pat Arnie Show, right here on Mojo Five O. And wow, does my voice just like really, really deep today? It's it's like puberty all over again. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I I really do have a cold though, so if that's that's why my voice is a little deeper than usual. I, I don't know. I kind of like it, but it's it's like at the same time I want this cold to go away because they're frustrating and annoying and i'm just i'm just done with it i'm done i'm done um anyway it is that time of the week where i give you a hashtag stand with mrs pat recipe and uh um this week we decided to do a little something something it's actually one of my favorites um, and for those that, that uh, don't know me well or haven't heard me say this on, on the air before, but one of, if not my fa- most favorite meal ever, period, hands down, have loved it since I was just a little kid, is pizza. I love me some good pizza. And, uh, it, it, you know, being out in Utah, you know, I, I grew up in Ohio. And, you know, Ohio's a pretty fairly foodie place, you know, it's back east, and I feel like back east, you know, it's, a, a, you know, a lot, a lot of really foodie places back there. Utah, not as much, and there's not as much, uh, like, really good mom-and-pop pizza-type places out here. Uh, they're very, very hard to find. And, uh, growing up, you know, my mom's husband, we would, you know, he loves to go out and try, um, new places, new restaurants, um, especially when it comes to pizza. And so they actually introduced my wife and I to a place when we were back 
in Ohio a couple years ago, and it's really, really good New York-style pizza. Uh, it's called Joe and Mimi's Pizza, and it's really, really good. Well, anyway, in regards to my wife and pizza, my wife actually makes really good homemade pizza. And uh, I will tweet out the recipe, and, and uh, I will share it to Instagram and Facebook. So you have to go see it there because I, I, recipes are usually just so long that it's really, really hard to share them on the air. Um, but just to give you an idea. So my wife, you know, the dough is, is handmade. And um, it's really, really good. And what she does with it is she actually... Um, she's done it. She's done it a few different ways, actually. But I think one of my favorite ways is that she uh, basically makes some garlic butter, and she just like lathers that dough up in garlic butter, and she she gets the crust when she cooks the crust. It is just right. It's not like so crunchy that it's burnt or anything like that, but it's also like not super soft that it's super doughy, and uh, she gets it. You know, because I I like my my pizza a little bit thicker, so it's. Uh, it's just really, really good. And so like, in, you can do whatever toppings you want on it, but, uh, I will, uh, share out that recipe and, uh, let me know what you think. It, it is really, really good. And I, I actually really do think my wife would, uh, host a good show over there on Spoonie. I mean, she, um, is a, is a foods teacher for junior high students and, um, has just been a really, really good cook. She's an even better baker. Um, and she really loves talking about and working with food. So, um, you know, for now I'll do this segment, but maybe one of these days we can, uh, maybe convince her to, uh, do a radio show or something like that over on Spoonie, but we'll see. We'll see if that ever happens. All right. So we were talking about guns. Um, uh, we were talking about, um, the, the kid that, that threatened to basically shoot up his school and the cops came and threatened to take him away. Well, the gun control debate, you know, rages on. And it's been raging on really forever now. And, and it's, it's one of those debates that just drives me nuts because in my mind, my rights are not up for debate. Our rights as Americans are not up for debate. But yet, as a country as at least in our government they keep talking about it um they keep trying to come up with ways that provide more protection but the way that that protection comes is by us giving up our liberty and that's never sat right with me and um the trump administration i guess and this, this just kind of boggles my mind because here he is, he's supposed to be a Republican and he's supposed to be conservative and he's done a lot of good things. Don't get me wrong. He's done a lot of good things for the country. He's proved me wrong a lot. Um, I still, you know, I, I don't know if I've said this before, but I didn't vote for him in 2016. Um, I don't know if I'm going to vote for him in 2020, if I'm being perfectly honest. And it's because of crap like this that make me question whether or not I will vote for him. But uh, the Trump administration uh, here's plan to use data from Google and Apple to detect mental illness and prevent gun violence. Now that all sounds great and all. It, it really does. If we could prevent gun violence and if we could 
detect mental illness by using technology such as Google Home or Alexa or um, you know your smartphone, smartwatches, you know whatever the case may be. It sounds good, but there's a major, major flaw with this plan. How can a machine determine mental illness? I mean, we, we struggle as human beings to distinguish um, mental illness. How is a machine that is also run by humans going to be any different? Again, this, this makes me think of Minority Report. This, we are letting machines determine whether or not I can or can't own a firearm. On top of that, what happens to the right of privacy? I mean, do I not, especially when I'm in my own home, have the right to privacy? You know, I actually got an Amazon Echo um, a couple years ago for my birthday. And I thought it was really, really cool at first. And I still have it, but it's never plugged in. It is never plugged in. And for a good reason. I don't need other people, not that I have anything to hide, but I don't need other people listening in to, to my conversations. I don't. What happens within the four walls of my home is my business. The only time it becomes somebody else's business is if you can actually prove I've done something wrong or criminal. You have to have evidence of that. Now, I never would. I love my wife. I love my family. Within these four walls of my home, I will do anything and everything that I can to protect them. Even for myself. But what this is suggesting, what the Trump administration, and apparently this was received very well, but what they are suggesting is not only a violation of our constitutional rights, it is a violation of our privacy. I'm sorry, but my rights do not end because you feel afraid. And I was going to talk about this a few weeks ago before I had some technical issues, but, you know, El Paso, Dayton, and the plethora of mass, mass shootings that have happened in Chicago since then. Um, I actually feel safer in a room where I know everyone has a gun. I do. Why? Because then I know I'm protected. You know, I don't know if anyone's in there going to be using it for malicious intent, but I, I don't assume that of everyone just because they own a gun. I don't assume that. I assume that they are good, law-abiding citizens. And I actually saw an article on, on fee.org earlier today about how many more crimes guns actually stop. And I actually shared that on my Facebook. In fact, I think I'll tweet it out later so you can see that too. It's really, really interesting. And studies prove that. In fact, most mass shootings tend to go for areas like gun-free zones. We already know this. I'm not telling you anything new. But why are we still having this conversation? Why is the Trump administration 
entertaining the idea of using modern technology to invade our homes to determine whether or not you or I have a mental illness. You see, all it takes, all it takes is for that kind of technology, that kind of power to fall into the wrong hands. They could determine that I have a mental illness when I really don't. And they could use that information to violate my personal liberty. To violate your liberty. This is not okay. And it's not just the, the, our liberties that they would be violating with this. It is our privacy. You know, I should be able to come home and not have to worry about who's watching or who's listening. My home is my sanctum. It is my safe space. Yes, what I put online, that's, pu that's public. But when I'm in my home, I shouldn't have to have my guard up. Shouldn't. Nor should anyone. Home is home. Home is where you come back from a long day at work. Kick off your shoes. Put your feet up. And relax. In fact, it's still summertime. So if you haven't gotten a cat cooler yet, you're doing something wrong. Because you know, it keeps your drinks and your food cold for up to seven days. Seven days, people. Go to cat coolers. Use the promo code PAT. Get you a cat cooler. You know, it might still be going. I mean, it's still baseball season. It's great for they're great for taking for tailgating. They're great for taking on the last minute camping trips, which you know pretty much everyone's back in school now. So, um, but maybe you're taking like a weekend camping trip over Labor Day or something. I don't know. Cat coolers are great for that too. So go to cat coolers. Use that promo code PAT. Promise you won't regret it. You won't regret it. But back to this, I mean, home is where I should be able to relax. I shouldn't have to worry about um, Uncle Sam invading my home for doing nothing wrong. For not having proper evidence before they, they try to take you know my liberties away. You need evidence for that. And there's a, a, a way to do that, and there's a way to do it legally. This, to me, seems unconstitutional and very, very illegal. Very illegal. I understand that, you know, it might be paved with the idea of, with good intentions, but you know what else was paved with good intentions? The road to hell. The road to hell was always paved with good intentions, but still got them to the wrong place at the end of the day. It's it's disturbing to me. It, it really, really is. All right, moving on. So something I haven't spoken about in a while, um, and that is the, the topic of abortion. And, and for those of you that have been um, following my show, um, abortion is a subject that is very um, important to me. I'm very, very pro-life. Um, there are very, 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 very few instances where I believe that uh, abortion is warranted. Um, you know, I, generally, generally speaking, I do believe abortion is is murder. Um, 
and it is it is not okay. You are taking a life away. And if you haven't seen already, Alyssa Milano Cookies was back in the news this week. And, well, she was at it again with her lefty agenda. You know, I'm sure a lot of people thought that, and probably still do think that she's hot. I don't. I personally do not. I think she is a very ugly, horrendous human being. I do. Um, you know, she might have the physical beauty, but but when you let out your crazy as often as as she does, you just look uglier and uglier all the time. You know, you ever meet that person like, yeah, like, yeah, that, that person's really good looking. And then you get to know them, they open their mouth, and all of a sudden, they're not so good looking anymore. That's Alyssa Milano. That is absolutely Alyssa Milano. Um, she was in the news this week, and it, she basically had said, if I hadn't opted for two abortions in 1993, my life would be completely lacking of all its great joys today. Well, my question to you here, Alyssa Milano Cookies, your life may be lacking all the joys that it does today, but uh, what about the two people that you robbed of the joys that they could be having today? What about them? It's like those two babies that you aborted weren't even human. They weren't even your son or daughter's. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, how, how do you come to that conclusion? How do you know that your life would not have all the joys that it has today? What, because you, you may or may not be the successful actress that you are? You don't know that. You absolutely cannot know that. Here's the thing. I've met all different kinds of parents, and, and I have seen... Single parents put themselves through grad school and get a very successful career while raising their children. Was it hard? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that there were a lot of sleepless nights. A lot. And where they were working the next day on very little sleep. Where they would go weeks and weeks at a time with very little sleep where they barely had any time for themselves or to, to blow off stream, where the stress was almost too much for them to be able to bear. But they did it anyway because they wanted to better their, their own life, but they also wanted to give their children their best chance. You know, I, I, I'm not fortunate enough yet to have children to call my own. I want to be a father. Always have. Uh, my wife wants to be a mother. And we have some of the cutest nieces and nephews in the world. And uh, we, we have one, um, one of my wife's sisters, you know, is always posting pictures of her daughter. And always sending my wife things and pictures about her daughter. And seeing her smile makes our hearts melt she's not even our daughter and and she makes our hearts melt uh 
And and it's the same with all of my other nieces and nephews. They they mean so much to us. If I were trying to make my career work, and I was spending a lot of time and making a lot of sacrifices to make my career work, while also trying to raise a family, it wouldn't matter if I succeeded or failed. It wouldn't matter. The only thing that would matter to me is that, I was, that I'm able to wake up and come home each day and see my children smiling faces. Because no matter how hard it gets, no matter how many sleepless nights I have, no matter how stressed out I might get, seeing them happy, seeing them just excited to see me, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. And you know, if I truly couldn't make it as a father, if I truly felt that my wife and I, we just we just couldn't do the whole kids thing. We both agree that we would give that baby up for adoption. We wouldn't because we want children. But it's if if we were, I don't know, someone maybe in Alyssa Milano's shoes, we would give that baby up for adoption. Because that baby deserves every chance at life. It deserves every chance to experience the joys and happiness that I have. It deserves to experience the failures too. To go through life, to feel pain, to feel you know, all the different emotions that is the human experience. And an abortion denies that person that baby, that chance. So for Alyssa Milano to say that her two abortions in 1993 would have not been, or that would have been worth it because she's she's experienced all these joys today, that's very selfish. It's extremely and incredibly selfish to say that. And she's actually spitting in the faces of all the moms out there who can't have children. She's spitting in the faces of all the moms who have had health complications going through pregnancy. Real health complications. She's spitting in those faces. And it's very, very selfish. And the one thing that I at least know about parenting, even though I'm not a parent yet, the one thing that I know for absolute certainty is that when you become a parent, you have to be selfless. Because it's not just about you anymore. It's the same thing in marriage, too. When you get married, it's not just about you anymore. 
Alyssa Milano clearly hasn't learned that. She is a very selfish, horrible, horrible human being. And shame on her. Shame on her for saying that. Lastly, I want to end on not necessarily a funnier note. Um, it is, I mean, it's, it's a little entertaining to me. And I'm going to say something here that I, I, I think is um, going to be a little unpopular, at least amongst conservatives. Um, I actually, because this has to do with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I mean, she, she apparently uh, had some more cancer issues, and she kind of opens up about that um, here, and she's made a media appearance on NPR, and um, I want to play a little bit, because she just sounds so old and frail. And the reason why I bring this up is because I do want her to retire. Not because I want to replace her with another more conservative justice, but because I actually do think it is time for her to retire. Now, I know she's probably, a lot of it's being her being stubborn and waiting to see if, if uh, we can get Donald Trump out of office first before she actually retires. Um, I, I, I don't agree with it. I don't. But, you know, she, she's at least firm in her convictions, and I, I give her credit for that. Um, I don't agree with her stances. I don't agree with her politics. But I still respect her at the end of the day. I, and I believe that she is someone that is at least worthy of some respect. Um, whether you agree with her politics or not, um, she is someone I think that is worth respecting. But, again, she just sounds so old and frail. And, and it, it, there comes a time... When it's just time to retire. It's just time to pass the torch. And to let things go. It is. And I, I don't know if she's quite gotten yet. But, but just listen to this. And just listen to how frail and old she sounds. She's 86 years old. You do realize, as my editors wanted you to ask, ask you this, that when you you get a cold or a hangnail, there's a substantial portion of the population, a large part of it female, but men too, who go into a complete panic. Well, some are not panicked. Some, there was a senator, I, th I think it was after the pancreatic cancer, who announced with great glee that I was going to be dead within six months. That senator, whose name I've forgotten, is now himself dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she makes a little bit of a jab there, but but if you kind of can hear it in her voice, and you, you, I, you, I know you can't see the video, but she is kind of like hunched over in this chair, kind of leaning forward, just looks so incredibly fa frail. And like earlier in the interview, she took, she took a long pause in between some of her answers, and she just almost like, was almost like leaned over, you know, like her head almost leaned over, like she was just exhausted and, you know, ready for a nap or something. I don't know. My point is, I, I bring this up because it is a little funny, um, just to, you know, because we all make jokes of like, well, where, where's Ruth Bader Ginsburg? We haven't seen her in a while. Like, and it is a little funny to like hear her speak and to hear how frail that she is and, and that she is still, um, in the Supreme Court. And I don't mean this as a, uh, funny as in a ha-ha. I mean, it's just, it's funny, like, why? 
Why, why are you still doing this? I think at 86 years old, there's really only one thing I want to do. And that is spend time with friends and family and loved ones as much as possibly as I can before it is my time to go. Uh, I mean, she has gone through multiple cancer treatments. And I don't wish, you know, going through cancer on anyone. Um, you know, it's just I, I question her health. Um, and, and here's the thing. If, if, she has, if she's having health issues and she's having cancer issues and she's 86 years old, how can you tell me, regardless of who is in office, how can you tell me that you are better off holding your seat on the Supreme Court than passing it off to someone else? How can you tell me that? Isn't the country more important? Isn't the country what you should be sacrificing for? Not, not the president. You know, I do believe the court should be balanced, that everyone should be represented on the court. But there are others that believe differently. And I understand that fear. But at the same time, is is the good of the country better with her on the bench of the Supreme Court or giving up that seat at this point? Some food for thought. Man, and you know, that's just going to do it for me this week, I think. I didn't even get to talk about Trump and the uh, what's going on with China and the whole tariff war thing right now, or the, or the trade war rather. Uh, so maybe I have to save that till next week. We'll see. We'll see how much it gets talked about during the week. Uh, it's part of the problem, I guess, with being on the weekends. I guess. Um, anyway, you can always find me over on the Twitter at the Patony Show. Use that hashtag Stand with Mrs. Pat. It's kind of become uh, part of the shtick to the show and. Uh, uh, also, like you know, the hashtag what I learned today too. But uh, definitely use that hashtag staying with Mrs. Pat and tweet at me. You can also find me over on the Facebook, over on the MeWe. Got my own chat room over there now, so you can uh, definitely check me out there. I do try to be on there uh, during the show, um, and we can uh, talk more there and converse. Uh, love to hear your thoughts on the show this week. Uh, just remember, don't get lost. Remember who you are, and no means no. See you next week. liked me that way deal because it's one thing to receive mcdonald's but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you mcdonald's breakfast still hot in the bag appreciate you there's a deal for every morning now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks prices and participation may vary single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.